0: thinking about how the last thing we talked about that scripture um, <clears throat> count on joy when you encounter various trials <clears throat> James 1-2 it says that we should count count it joy we should consider it joy when we go through trials in James 1-2 and uh, I think that when we go through trials and face some of big trials we, we forget that that's the Lord's word that's that's what he expects us as Christians, as believers, to, to do. Because there has to be a distinction. You know how it says that the Israelites, they were dis- there's a distinction between them and between the Egyptians because the light, the light shone on them, <coughs> and the dark cloud was upon them, so that he made a distinction. <coughs> and uh, you know, we have to have the fragrance of life. And it's the same thing with the, the, the parable of the, the wise men and the foolish Man who built his house, and on, one built his house on the rock, the other on the sand. And the difference is that the one stands. And so there has to be a testimony that we can stand in the midst of our trials. Because if we have just a discouraging report, that's there's no distinction. But if we can encourage ourselves in the Lord, you know, I was thinking about how David, that the time when his, the, the enemies were going to come and and they took all his possessions, his family, and his children, and all his men also. Remember that time, the Amalekites, and. They were so discouraged that they were, the bitterness, it said that they actually, the his own man got embittered towards David, right? Like, these are the guys that followed him that were his, like, disciples, that it can happen, you know? Because see how the devil uses these things? That The devil will use our trials to make us bitter towards our brothers, right? Doesn't he? Think about how often that, when we're in a trial, like, we go do these woodcutting days and some of these other things, and... It always ends up at these trials makes uh, can cause bitterness amongst brothers. Why is that? You know because the devil wants to use it to produce, uh, bring strongholds and division. But the purpose that the Lord allows it is for something totally different. So if we can go into those trials and we can remember one scripture like that to count a joy that you know this is an opportunity, not something that you know when I. Uh, this other wood thing this last one was one of the the tougher ones for me personally I thought and I was like the the buffeting was coming you know like man I'd just like to shut it down and then I really and the brothers had to encourage me like no this is an opportunity and uh, but it's so contrary it's so contrary to the the flesh and I was thinking of the scripture that says uh, the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing but it's the power of God to those who believe and it's the same way because it's it's so foolish to rejoice when you when you when you have discouragement in front of your face and, and trials. That's total foolishness. But that's the message of the cross, right? Because to to get the victory, Jesus went to the cross and he overcame the devil through death, right? Through death he destroyed the power of him who had, had the power of death. And he got life from death. It's just foolishness. Like it's so foolish that the way do we get life, how do we get life, is we die. We deny ourselves, we, deny, we die to ourselves. And so, it's the power, it's, there's power. So how do I get the power? Because, you know, we we struggle with sin. And sometimes we have no power. We feel bondage, and we feel weak. And, but there is a power there, that comes from Jesus. It comes from the Spirit, that we can get access to. We can get access to the grace, it says, through faith in Romans 5. And we can stand in the grace, we can gain access if we have faith. And so when we look at Jesus and we look at the cross, we see something there that Jesus had this faith in his Father, that the Father was for him, that he would take his cross and he would allow himself to be crucified, and that the Father was going to raise him up. That 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 body of death, he was going to raise up. So when we're struggling with fears and discouragements and anxieties and hopelessness and despair. Some of those big ones, right? These are big giants. Hopelessness and despair because when you get robbed of these, when the devil robs you of your hope, it's really hard to continue in the faith. And uh, we have to remember Jesus because he suffered all the same temptations and trials. He absolutely did. And it's foolishness to, to rejoice when you know that there's a trial coming. Or foolishness to rejoice when you've gone through something and you've gotten beat up. Or discipline, and you just don't understand it. To be able to, like David says, I'm going to offer a sacrifice of thanksgiving. Who can do that? This is what made David uh, a man whose heart was after God. I think it's because he had faith, and his situations were difficult. Yet he could still offer sacrifices of thanksgiving. This is Old Testament man, you know. He knew that it's better to to praise him and give sacrifices of thanksgiving than to give burnt offerings. And to cry out to God and this brokenness and weakness and just to bless him and bless his name, right? I'll bless your name at all times. To, to bless him and to remember his goodness and his kindness towards us. I think that pleases God. <clears throat> and I think it's foolishness to the world. But testimony after testimony, I mean, we talked about some of them last night. How, you know, Jehoshaphat and his army, it was foolishness for them to start praising God and singing when they were going to get slaughtered. That doesn't happen today, and there's wars in the Middle East. They just they get, they bring in more recruits, more ammunition. They can make allies. They can try and strengthen their legs and they try and strengthen their, themselves to fight against their enemies. In the Old Testament, they just they couldn't do it, so they just cried out, and the Lord fought for them. And that should be our testimony when we face our our trials today. We don't fight wars with men. You know, in our in our individual lives, we we fight against principalities and powers, and they might take on the the faces of men. But it's the same way. We have to remember. It's good to remember because it was last night when we started remembering these things that the Lord brought that faith, right? Because we prayed and it was like, you know, what, what do we do? We gotta pray, and we gotta just renew our minds and, and focus on His Word and focus on His testimonies. And even David said, he said, "Your testimonies are my counselors," uh, or maybe it was one of the one of the those brothers in Psalm 119. He said, your testimonies are my counselors. So, there can be a testimony and it can give us good counsel to encourage ourselves in the Lord and to uh, renew our thoughts and our minds. And It's a supernatural thing because peace, the peace does come. The Lord can give that. You know, And it's not because the giant has changed in any way, form, or fashion. It's just that now, like brothers, actors and all these things, we just, it's like we see God. It's like you're you're up here with the Lord in heavenly places and you look down and that giant hes so small now. Well, that's really what happens in the Spirit. When you come to that faith, it's like you can see how big God is and you're not like a grasshopper looking up at the giant. You're way up high with your Heavenly Father looking down at (coughs) that grasshopper giant. You know, he's become so small in, in the Lord's eyes. And it's just a place in the Spirit that we can come to. And there's... Many scriptures that encourage us, and I was reading uh, just briefly a Psalm 56 about David. Psalm 56. <coughs> Psalm 56. <clears throat> a man that was went through a lot of trials. We know that David went through a lot of trials. And he faced persecutions, and he faced oppression, and discouragement, and probably some of the probably one of the most discouraging things would have been when he had to flee from Jerusalem because his son, his own son was committing I mean, it was treason. You know, he was against him, and it was part of the consequences of his sin. So it would be hard to see the consequences of your sin unfolding before your eyes because the Lord said he was going to humble him before all Israel for his sins. And then he had to see this, his own son raise up uh, these people against him. His son would stand at the gate for years and he would just kind of uh, make peace with people and try and kind of schmooze them and just get things going so that they would put their confidence in, in him. And he did it according to the flesh. And so he ra- rallied up all these people and then one day, <clears throat> it's like he just stabbed his father in the back. I mean, <clears throat> that's enough to just, just make you want to give up. And then he went and slept with all his concubines, I believe, or his, his wife, those wives that they had there, and humbled them like that. <clears throat> and he just went away and shimmy-eyed threw rocks in them, you know. He Threw rocks in them, and he said it's the Lord, like he knew this is the Lord's allowed it. Could be able to say the Lord has allowed it, uh, and these people are throwing rocks at me. They're spitting, you know. It's like when see Jesus went to the cross and they spit at him and all these things but it was for our sin but you know David there he is and he knows that this is part of the consequences that he's suffering And yet he doesn't think that the Lord is against he doesn't totally give up you know, that's the amazing testimony is that he doesn't totally lose heart he, he flees and he runs yet there's a few faithful men that stick with him to encourage him there's a few his men and some of the people they just come with him and he's older but yet the Lord makes a way of escape for him and and uses it to just humble him, to make him weak again. Even uh, when he was a king. He was there, he had, he had all these things, and then he was humbled and sent away. And he became a man who was on the run uh, many times. And this is another time when he was on the run earlier on in his life, when he was fleeing from Saul. And it seemed like the Lord used that as a way to, make Dave, to prepare David for uh, the, the ministry, the testimony that he wanted to build in David <coughs> for his future. So we need to look at it the same way when the Lord takes us through trials. We have to count joy because he's producing endurance, we know, and patience. And if it's necessary, it says we're going to be distressed by various trials. And so you just say, Lord, it's necessary. David's like, it's, it is the Lord. And he was throwing rocks. Well, it's necessary. That I ask people for rocks in me because it is the Lord. And it's going to be the testing of my faith that is going to be refined as gold and it's going to produce something. What did Peter say? It was going to produce praise, right? honor, and glory. If it doesn't produce that then, then that, then there's no faith. Because only with faith can you have uh, praise in your heart when you're going through, through trials. So at the, end, at the end of your trials, you say, Lord, has this produced praise in my heart? If not, Lord, help me to see clearly. Help me to see you so that I can, at the end of it, I can say, Lord, bless your name at all times. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, because if I didn't go through the trial, I would be full of my, myself. I would be full of my sin I would would not be changed I would be full of my pride and my selfishness and my deceptions and it's only from the trials Lord that you're stripping away all that that I don't see and I don't see the reasons why but I know at the end of it it's going to make me more like you if I can praise you and trust you and that's it that's all it requires it's faith so David says be gracious to me O God for man has trampled upon me fighting all day long he oppresses me so there's faith here because he's asking God to show grace in his life Be gracious to him because his enemies are against him. My foes have trampled upon me all day long for they are many who fight proudly against me. When I am afraid, verse 3, I will put my trust in you. In God whose word I praise, in God I have put my trust, I shall not be afraid. What can mere man do to me? See how the perspective changes from a giant to a mere man he's now up in the heavenly places just praising God. And what is it? Where, how does he get his trust? Because he says he was afraid. In verse 3, And when I am afraid. So he got afraid, fear. He had fear come on him. And he says, I have to put my trust in God because that's the only, that's the antidote for fear. There's a medicine for fear. And it is to trust in God. And so he says, It's in God, verse 4, whose word I praise. <laughs> so, it was last like last night when we began to think about the word. What is the word? We have to meditate on things that are pure and good and good. we started thinking about His word and His goodness and what He's done. And suddenly it was like we were, you know, we're starting to put our trust in the Lord now. And He takes away the fear. I shall not be afraid. What can mere man do? Yeah, we faced these giants before. What are they going to do to us? Doesn't Paul say that? Who can be against us if God is for us? <clears throat> Verse five. All day long. They distort my words, and their thoughts are against me for evil. That's hard when people uh, distort your words. Because now you're made out to be like a liar. It's like people take away your integrity. And that would be the, that, That's a trial that I don't know if I've experienced quite like that. But when people twist your words and make you out to be something that, that you're not, and people start to believe lies, that can make you so angry, that kind of stuff. <clears throat> and their thoughts are against me for evil. They attack, they lurk, they watch my steps as they have waited to take my life. Because of the wickedness, because of wickedness, cast them forth. In anger, put down the peoples of God. Well, what's our prayer going to be like? Well, we know that the vengeance is Lord's. And our enemies are the the principalities and powers. But yes, Lord, humble the proud. But save them, Lord Jesus. Save them, don't just destroy them. Humble them, but save them. You know, confused and confound, we pray confound the wisdom of the, of the proud and confound the wisdom of, of these people that try and fight against us so that they can see what that it says that through the cross Paul says that he's going he's gonna to re- reckon the reasonings of the wise as useless through the message of the cross right? and the wisdom of those people who think that they can fight in their own strength and by their own power with their own wisdom the wisdom of men the Lord is going to confound them with, them with the foolishness of the cross if we have faith for it he would do it and, and now it just brings such praise and glory to God you have taken account of my wanderings. Put my tears in your bottle. <clears throat> Why would the Lord take a man through such wanderings? He's going to take it. He might do that for us, and we're going to find some tears that come through it. And David says, "Put them in, the, in a bottle, take note of how I'm you know it's breaking me, these tears that are coming. Are they not in your book? The Lord knows. of our sufferings and our afflictions, our distresses and our disturbances. Verse nine, then my enemies will turn back in the day when I call. Good news. The day when he calls is my enemies are going to turn that's faith. This I know, that God is for me. This is this is why Paul could preach these things in Romans eight. God is for us. He's not he's not with the devil. He's never going to be with the devil and against you. He's going to be against you if you're proud, but he's not going to if you call, humble yourself and call Him, he's not going to fight with the devil. No, no, it doesn't matter how much the devil's working with all your enemies. How many enemies? Or how many people are in the flesh who he's working through? If you're for God, then you're the majority. <clears throat> Even if you're one man. You get you get the victory. You <clears throat> know, Humble the proud. In God, <clears throat> verse 10, In God whose word I praise, In the Lord whose word I praise. Now that's the only verse that's repeated twice in this psalm. He said that in... Uh, verse 4, and he said it in verse 10. God, whose word I praise. So, what do you do you, when you're discouraged and you're fearful? You, you go back to his words. His word is what praise the Lord. What is, you know, I think of Jesus, and I remember that time when I can't remember the context of it, but he said, Oh, it was, uh, it was when the, the disciples came back, they had been casting out demons. And they said, Lord, even the demons are subject to your name. And he told them, you know, I saw Satan fall like lightning, and I've given you power and authority over the snakes and the scorpions. He said, no harm is going to come to you. And then he looked up to heaven and he said, I praise you, Father, that you hid these things from the wise and the intelligent and you revealed them to babes. You know, it's like these disciples are like, this is amazing. We're, they're like little children, you know, following Jesus and just humming themselves, dropping their nets and just like, Lord, we're dying with you. Lord, let us die with you, Thomas said, and you know, and then all of a sudden they're just like, man, we're, they had victory and power and authority over these massive demonic strongholds, principalities that were in people, and they came back rejoicing. And, and yet, you know, all these Pharisees and all these men who were seeing signs and wonders and all these disciples, they were jealous and they didn't, know, they didn't have power over these things. They had no power to do these things. And so these things were hidden from them because of their, wisdom, their own human reasoning and wisdom. And yet, these babes, like if we come to Jesus like a babe like that, just like, Lord... Like David and say, Lord, I, I'm gonna put my trust in your word, and you say, I praise you. And Jesus was like, I praise you, Father, because of your word, which says that He's gonna reveal Himself to the babes. Right? He's He's gonna confound the wisdom of the wise. And if we believe that, you know, when we stand in these battles or these court cases or these things, and we think, You know what, what can these wise lawyers and what can these wise people and what can all these schemes do? The Lord's gonna confound them. If I if the Lord is for me, then who can be against me? <clears throat> you know, I praise you, Lord. David says, "In whose word I, pra- uh, your word is what I praise." And Jesus was able to say that when he saw these disciples rejoicing because they had, they had victory over the principalities. Can you imagine? It's, it's like, Lord, these, the enemy's trying to th- shoot fiery darts of fear and discouragement and depression and self pities and all that. It's like, Lord, I praise you. You know, I praise you because your word is true, and I'm going to put my trust in you. Verse eleven. And I shall not be afraid. What can man do to me? Your vows are binding upon me, O God, I will render thank offerings to you. I mean, this is this is New Testament the will of God in Christ Jesus, right? Can you do that? Can you offer thank offerings? That's something that I forget often when I face trials, even amongst, amongst our little little things that trials that come can do. It's like forget, I'm gonna thank him because he's a, he's allowing these things to rub off the edges of my my flesh, and they're there that are you know, resisting, or unbelieving, or impatient, or all these areas, doubtful, and to be able to thank Him and praise Him, <clears throat> the Lord is sovereign. For you have delivered my soul from death, and my feet from stumbling. You know, if God can deliver our soul from death, why are we fearing all these other natural things? Think about that. Because remember, Jesus said, which is easier to, to stay, take up your mat, walk, or to forgive sins? So if He's forgiven us of sins, And how much more are these little giants that are, you know, nothing in comparison to the fact that he was able to forgive my debt of sin against him, which I was worthy of condemnation and damnation for. He has delivered my soul from death. And he's also delivered my feet from stumbling, So that I may walk before God in the light of the living. That's a testimony before people. When you can stand, having done everything to stand... And to, and to walk in the light of the living. You know, our testimony isn't like, oh, I can't wait. I just want to die like Elijah and, and just take me, Lord. Take me to heaven. That's not the testimony, really, is it? is it? It's to be able to stand in our trial and to have a testimony in the land of the living. You know, we heard some of these things about, you know, with our bosses, to be able to have a testimony that we can have favor with our enemies in the land of the living. It can just, it's a miracle, right? This, this is a testimony the Lord wants us to have. It's because when you're going through those trials, they know you're going through the stresses and the troubles. But if we don't lose our peace and we don't lose our grace, if we can just have grace through it, or even if we fumble, but we humble ourselves and we just we endure, we don't quit. You know, a lot of people just want to quit. Sometimes we go through trials or at work and we want to quit. And this system it's not the testimony of Jesus Christ. We, we want to endure and give thanks and praise Him. Romans five. <clears throat> Let's read this passage. Romans 5, verse 1. Romans 5, verse 1. Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. There is how you get some peace. I like that scripture. Because you know what? what? You can... You can be tormented and, and, and slavery and bondage, but the moment you come to faith, before you do one act of righteousness, one thing, before you've do, done anything, you can have a peace in your heart and rest. That's why Jesus said, Come to me, who, you who are weary and heavy laden, and I'll give you rest in your soul. Because the moment you come to Jesus, if you come to Him, you just can just calm the waves. Right? The waves that, that buffet you, you can calm them. The moment you come to faith, it's that quick. You don't have to wait for it. It's there. It's in Jesus Christ. It says here. With God through our Lord Jesus Christ, there is the peace. Through whom we have also obtained our introduction by faith into this grace. It's just an introduction. It's through faith into the grace. And there's more, there's a greater grace. James talks a little, but we can we can be introduced into this grace by which we can stand. And we can also here verse two, let's not forget this part, and we can exalt or rejoice. Not sure what the New King James says, but exalt, right? Rejoice, rejoice. It's good for us to rejoice. When we rejoice here in worship, just praise God. The Spirit of God is here. The Lord wants us to have that Spirit about us. We can rejoice because we have hope that who's going to be glorified? God. Somehow He's going to be glorified in this whole thing because He's got to get the glory. And if any of us it's in the way he's going to just change the circumstance. That's why it says, you know, God's ways are not our ways. And one of those ways is like this. Like rejoicing when you're going through trial, that's, just, ooh, that's not man's way, but it's God's way. And so whatever he has to do to, to shake things up and, just, and bring trials in our life and to to just to allow the foolishness of the message of the cross to, to, to come into our lives and we can embrace that, then he will receive glory. <clears throat> and it's going to Magnify him. Verse 3. Not only this, but we also rejoice in our tribulations. <clears throat> so we rejoice for, his, for faith and in the grace that he gives us, and we rejoice in our tribulations as well. Because, and here's, how, here's why, this maybe is the reason why we can rejoice for our trials. Because when we look at the trial, we, we don't have any reason to rejoice in it. But here, we can rejoice because the, tel- the word tells us that it's going to bring a perseverance so do you think that the Lord would bring you through a trial because He knows that you need perseverance in your life and that you're going to gain it through going through certain trials? Without that, you would just find uh, maybe complacency and settle down and just kind of camp in a spot. You know, like the Israelites, they wanted to camp in the spot, but the Spirit would allow them to... The cloud would move, and so they would have to get scorched in the sun if they stayed there, or they got to go under the cloud and, and just follow the Spirit. And so we can't get complacent. So the Lord has ways to, to shake us up a little bit and he can bring trials so that I don't sit in my spot. It's easy for me to become complacent. And if the Lord chooses, he'll bring tribulation so that I can learn to persevere in my walk. Because it says, he who endures to the end will be saved. Who perseveres and runs the race. And so that perseverance will be working in us when we're counting a joy. We're going to be gaining perseverance through the trials and it's going to produce a more, more proven character or I would say like a mature character sometimes we feel like we're strong in the Lord, but we don't have a maturity in our character. And so the Lord shows us that as he takes us through a trial. And then one man seems as though he has much more grace in that area. And he's been refined and he has a proven character in that area. But another man, his character isn't proven. And so, like on a wood chopping day, one man can go through the same trials and he can just have much grace and much joy. And another man can be disgruntled and frustrated. And why is that? Well, the Lord is showing us that we need a proven character. You know, and it can happen in a moment. But it, it could be a different trial that, that for another person he, he has more grace for, it, but another person that is an area of his weakness. He just wants to grumble and complain, and the Lord is trying to bring about a proven character in that man. And so, whatever the trial is necessary, he'll bring us in that place until he brings about a proven character. We're, our, we're not, uh, you know, like it says of a, an elder, it says he needs to be a man of, who's stable, right? who's temperate. You know, he's not easily shaken or disturbed or angry because, can you imagine, you know, if we're not learning how to be temperate and stable, then when we raise like a, a family and uh, like some of the brothers, the children, they, they can stir up the parents. And if we don't learn temperance in our anger, we can sin. And, you know, we don't want to sow that into children from young. Sometimes we hear about the firstborn, how they just, they get at the hardest because it's, they've never done it before and they just, every, every action gets a reaction and it's a strong one. And a, you know, and then they finally learn, through the years, how to properly discipline with it, mature ways. And so we need to, we need to be refined in this way, and develop a proven character, so that we become temperate and stable when we go through trials, where our emotions and our, our character is, isn't changed by every single, you know, circumstance, right? <clears throat> but we're human, and we have, we have a nature that's gonna, we're gonna see these things from time to time. But the hope is that it'll be changed. And that proven character is going to produce some hope in us because like last night, you know, when we started meditating on those things, it's like, here, look what happened, right? We got some hope from that. So doesn't that show us that, that there was a proven character that God took us through all these things and that, that now when you look back, you see those things don't really have, create the fear. And you're like, why, why was I so terrified with those small things? That's like nothing compared to these big things. So what does that show? That shows that you have more proven character because those things are small in your eyes now. back then they were big so your character wasn't able to handle them the same way now it's different but there has to be more stretching of the wineskin so there's bigger trials and it's going to be more character and it's producing some more hope and that hope is not disappointing us because our hope is in Jesus if we if we look at the problems we get discouraged and that's what the enemy was trying to do right? and he does it the same way with me in my trials but I can't focus on that I hope in the Lord Jesus Christ and then it says here our hope comes because of the love of God. When we meditate on his goodness, what does that do for us? It makes me think of his loving kindness towards me. Because what does the devil do? He tries to make you think that God is not for you. And look at he's allowed you to do all these things and you feel like you don't have a loving father. And Lord, why would you allow me to go through all this? Why would you do this, Lord, to me? And that's the enemy, right? Lord, I can't believe you did this. Why am I humbled like that? I said one time. I feel like, why did you humble me? I feel like he's against me. And then he showed me, I... I humbled the and proud. And so, Lord, I didn't see that. That pride there. Thank you, Lord. And I started thanking Him for humbling me. And it all also a like, somehow I got hope out of it. I don't know how it happened, but I just believed the scriptures. I just told myself, I'm the liar, Lord. I'm deceived. I don't see clearly. But you are, your hope doesn't disappoint. And then all of a sudden, I had actually love towards the Lord. As I realized that His humbling was out of love for me and discipline so I could share in His holiness. I could share in His holiness and the Holy Spirit would be poured into my heart because I would just knowing the love of God knowing this the love of God it says that the Holy Spirit was poured into our hearts when we received the Holy Spirit that's the, I told our, our brother Chad that one night that when the day that I was forgiven of my sins and, I, and the Holy Spirit came there I remember just feeling a strong sense of like His love like why would He care about me like it was just overwhelming you know like that He could just do that and that He was thinking about me and that love it just made me want to please him like it just it just makes you want to serve him and so when we go through trial we can experience that when the Lord takes us through it's like, Lord you did this amazing thing and you just want to serve him more and you just keep and what does it do? It's like the runner who at halfway he wants to give up and it's like you get a second win and you can run you know That's, I can kind of see a little picture of that here now It's like when you, when you get complacent you want to give up you want to be like a sleeping virgin and just stop. But so the Lord brings a trial, and then He takes you through a trial, and He glorifies Himself, and He gives you like, a, it's like an energy drink. And you just like, whoa, thank you, Jesus, that was great, and you just want to serve more, and you just keep running. And so He takes you to the next mile. And that's what's happening. He strengthens our faith, step by step. Here, let's go to Romans 8. Let's just read this passage. Romans 8. Romans 8. Verse 25. If we hope for what we do not see, with perseverance we eagerly wait for it. So, here's the trial. I don't see the victory yet. And so I'm hoping for something I don't see, and I don't know how I'm going to get there. But with perseverance, because in the last trial, I got proven character, and that's producing perseverance for me. Because of the last trial, I'm going to eagerly wait for the next victories. And so, what then? Verse 26, like last night. What do we do? We don't know how to pray. And so the Spirit helps us how to pray and just cry out for Jesus. And like, like David did, you know, I praise you, Lord, for your word. And I trust in you because what can man do to me? And the Spirit begins to intercede and brings us to a point where we can groan even at times with words. In verse 27, He will search our hearts and He will reveal these things through the Spirit to Jesus. And Jesus is going to intercede for us and He's going to say, this is my son. And he's weak. Lord, Father, help him. Give him strength. And He's going to raise us up on eagles' wings. Wait, right? don't we stumble and then we fall and the youth get tired and weary. We're going to renew our strength because the joy of the Lord is our strength. That's why when you praise Him and you just, the strength, joy, you can feel it in the Spirit. And we know that God causes all things to work together for good. God is for me, David said. Paul said, God is for us. And so if God is for me and I know that He loves me, then He's going to work all things for my good and for His purpose so that He gets the glory. And so if I stop looking at why God's allowed it and start thinking about He has it a predestination for me and the way to get me there is through the trials. That's how you get there. You take away the trials, you don't get the glory of Jesus. So, Lord, bring on, it. thank you for the trials because the only way to get the glory of Jesus is to go through those trials. It's the necessary distresses and tribulation that Peter said must come to prove your faith, to result in praise and if there's no praise, well, let's bring those trials so you can tell you start praising. Let's bring some trials in. Praise them in the good times, praise them in the bad times. <clears throat> Until we're conformed, verse twenty. for he whom he foreknew, he also predestined for this purpose, to conform us to the image of Jesus. So the trials, it's all about Jesus. That's really what it's about. Jesus went through them for our sake. And now he's asked us to, to run with them and pick up our cross and deny ourselves and to persevere so that we can, can be conformed to his image. Because he's the firstborn of many brethren, so that means he, he was there first, he went through that, he's our elder brother, and now we're being conformed into his image. And those whom he predestined, he called them. And those whom he called, he justified. And those whom he justified, he glorified. He's not just interested in justifying us for our sins, but he wants to glorify us and give us life abundant. Right? The, the life of Christ. 31. What then shall we say to these things? So after we hear these things, what do we say? Man, God is for me. He's not against me. That's what we say when we hear about this. <coughs> the scriptures. We start praising his word like David did. He did. He did not spare. Uh, rather, he who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all. So, what does that thought do? It tells you how much God loves you that He gave His own son. That's what that scripture there tells us. He delivered Jesus up for me. How much more will He not also give us all things? It's like David. Lord, You delivered my soul from death. What are these giants? What are these things in comparison? Who will bring a charge against God's elect? Yeah. Who will? Who's going to bring charge? The enemy can try and bring condemnation, but if you're in Christ and you praise him, count all joy. There's no, there's no condemnation in Christ Jesus for those who walk in the Spirit. You just get in the Spirit. No condemnation, no charges. doesn't matter. You're, you're not guilty in Christ. You're no condemnation. That's what it says. Romans 8, verse 1. There's no condemnation in Christ. So what can the enemy do to you if God is for you and you believe in him, trust in him? God is the one who justifies. And if I'm justified through faith, the devil, away, from, away with you. Who is the one who condemns? Jesus Christ is He who died and rather was raised. Right? That's the hope. He raised Him. And He's going to raise us also. Who is at the right hand of God who intercedes? So it's like we have the greatest high priest of all, the greatest intercessor of all, at the right hand of God. We couldn't ask for anything more. Jesus Christ Himself, who's for us, He's now interceding for us. He's like the best lawyer you could ever get. You can't get a better one. And where is he? He's up in the heavens and he all every he all, all dominion is under him. He gives orders to everybody has to listen. And he's, he's interceding. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? So important not to forget that. You know, when we're discouraged, we probably have lost the glimpse of the love. Love of God, love of Christ. I think so. And so we need to remind ourselves of his love for us, goodness. So that tribulation or distress or persecutions or famines or nakedness or peril or sword don't affect us. They don't, they just, we just shake it off. Because of his word which says, for your sake, we are being put to death all day long. It's going to happen. It's not, why is it happening, Lord? It's, thank you, Lord. Help me to persevere through it. Because we are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. That's our lot. You know, We're going to be like the sheep because Jesus was slaughtered like a lamb. And if we follow him, we're going to go through the same things. But, in all these things, we overwhelmingly conquer through him who loved us. We overwhelmingly conquer because we, we know how much he loves us. That he's not giving us up for destruction. Like we read in that scripture that, that uh, God has not appointed us for, for wrath, but for salvation. Which is a sign of their destruction, isn't it? That if we, uh, we have that confidence... We have a confidence, and the fear comes on the enemy. You know, when, when the fear is on you, boy, we run. It's like David when, he, when the men were there, all those Israelites, they were fear, fearful. And that giant was so boastful, and he was so proud and arrogant. Goliath was just the arrogance flowing out of him. Like the beast in Revelation, his arrogant, boastful mouth. And they all worship him and bow down to his image, and they follow him. But when David stood up there with the confidence of the Lord, I mean, he took down that giant. They all fled and they, they ran. It's the same way. When, when you get that joy and peace in your heart, then, then the enemy, the fear comes on the enemy. And it's a sign of their destruction. You know, isn't that amazing? You can have peace in your heart. And you, that's the beginning when the enemy is destroyed. Because that's the testimony Joseph that. When they had the joy, that's when the enemy was destroyed. So you want to see your enemies push down, push back. Call Lord you, Lord, and um, produce thanksgiving and joy in your heart. And then you know when that happens, that's when you know something's happening in the Spirit. Jesus is like, I praise you, Father, because you reveal these things to the, to the babes. You know? These demons are being cast out right now. Principalities of powers are being destroyed right now. My, my disciples are rejoicing. We've got power over the enemy. They're afraid of those demons. <clears throat> and all these things we overwhelmingly conquer through Him who loved us. We're unconvinced... What is the definition of faith? The conviction of things hoped for. You know that word conviction? has the root word convinced. When someone's convicted, that means all the witnesses or the the jury is convinced. he's, He's either guilty or he's innocent. So when you have faith, you're convinced. So that's what Paul says. I'm convinced. I have faith. That neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. That's what the devil is trying to do. Because it says here that Paul's convinced that these things won't, won't be able to separate him from the love of God. So, surely the principalities and the powers and life and death and all these things, present things, the devil's trying to separate us from that knowledge of the love of Christ. Does he, has he stopped loving us? No, he does love us and if we trust in him his love is revealed to us and magnified as we go through those trials and so Paul's convinced that he knows the love of God is so strong nothing's going to separate him from that and we're not going to let discouragement and depression and self-pity and unbelief and all those battle, all those thoughts that buffet our minds to just strip us of that knowledge of the love of God and his kindness towards us because he's for us and there's no man that can be against us <clears throat> this is the testimony that we have we need to praise him for his word <coughs> We need to really praise Him and thank Him through those trials. Even if we don't understand, it's a testimony to God. If you can do that at the end of your trial, if you can just say, Lord, I praise You. Don't understand and just start praising until it gets in your heart. You know, Even if you know in your head that that's what you should do and you don't feel it in your heart, you just say, Lord, I don't understand. And you just say, I praise You. It's in Your hands. I know Your loving, loving kindness towards me. Man, that's like a fragrance of Sweet fragrance in Lord. I believe. I believe he's pleased with that, because that tells him, you know what, my son. He doesn't even see. It. He doesn't even know his left hand from his right hand. He doesn't know the next step. Here he is. He's just praising me, like, little child. He's praising me. He doesn't know what's happening. He doesn't understand it, but that's okay. Oh, minister him. Minister to him. Send sends ministering spirits to go and bless him. Give him peace. Give him joy. <clears throat> Give him life. The joy of the Lord is our strength.